Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast. This week was the Diva Behavior Super Bowl. We had renowned diva Oprah Winfrey interviewing newly minted diva Meghan Markle, along with Meghan's hot ginger husband, Prince Harry. I mean, talk about a trifecta. The three of them met at a mutual in a mutual friend's backyard in California, and they aired two hours of this conversation on CBS last night. They are airing it on ITV in the UK tonight at 9 p.m. That's right, the U.S. got to watch it first, and the UK has to wait. But that's not, they're not letting that stop them from commenting on it all day long on television. It's just, it's huge. It's a huge event. And it's huge for the reasons why gossip is always huge because it's it's helping us think about what our code of morals and code of ethics is. Like each person who watches that interview, they're either thinking, oh, these people are attention starved or these people have been done hard wrong by. What is the, what's the saying? Hard done by? Hard done by. Sorry, I had four hours of sleep. I'm going to like have a stroke any minute. It, it's just... People are watching this interview, they're forming opinions, and it's important to talk about because it it shows us why we care. Why do we care about this? Well, let's figure it out. And in order to help figure it out, I had my sister, Casey Bunker, come onto the podcast and talk about it with me. You may remember Casey from such podcasts as the Christmas News Podcast, which we released several episodes of back in Christmas 2020. And you may also remember her from, I don't know, being my sister. So Casey and I are both longtime sort of followers of the royal family. I don't really like to say fan because, like, as far as geopolitical situations go, I don't know if it's the smartest one to have. I think maybe democracy might be better. I don't know. Uh, But I like looking at their clothes, and I like seeing what they wear, and I like seeing their hairdos and their little hats so that's why I follow them I think that's why Casey follows them and once you get onto this sort of royal train where you're like let me look at their clothes sometimes all of a sudden it becomes oh my god they're doing things that I didn't know that people still did so it's an interesting storyline to follow from a gossip perspective you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter if you want at Molly Molshine. You can follow Casey on Instagram at CaseyDia1 or just type her name into Twitter, Casey Molshine, and it'll come up. We are the only Molly and Casey Molshine in the world. Thank you very much. So if you see anything with our name on it, that's us. This is going to come back to haunt me when my tweet about not liking Rihanna in 2008 goes viral. Ugh, that was a different Molly Molshine. It wasn't me. I love Rihanna. Okay. Enjoy the episode. And if you have any questions, or comments. I don't know if I've said this already because I've recorded this intro nine times because I keep, you know, like stuttering and ruining it because I'm so tired. But if you have any questions or comments, send them to me because tomorrow I'm going to try to do a another episode where I talk to a panel of British people. The main hurdle with that is I have to find more than one British person who's willing to talk to me for an hour, which is proving to be a bit a bit elusive, but you know, you never know. Maybe someone will come around. I, I I have good luck with the Scots and the Welsh, so maybe I'll dip into that pool. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Some people think Diva's a diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. Diva Behavior, the podcast. Casey, listeners may know Casey from the Christmas News podcast. Hi. And she's also... What? I'm back. Yeah, you're back. She's back. She's back. 
Sorry, I'm on four hours of sleep, so I'm probably going to be really <laughs> weird throughout this entire thing. So Casey was my co-host for the Christmas News podcast. She is my sister, and she also knows a lot of stuff about the royal family along with me. Yeah, and the last time I was on Diva Behavior, we were talking about Harry and Meghan because we were talking about the book by Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand that everybody thought Meghan and Harry had collaborated on, which clearly they didn't because I know. None of this was in there. We all read that book and thought that we knew something. It's so funny. Like nobody ever listened to that podcast again because we, it's pointless. We knew nothing. It's called Finding Freedom, the book. And it it like broke the internet last summer. And there were so many details in it that people were like, there is no way that Omid, Scobie and Carolyn Durand could have gotten these details without having a direct line to Meghan and Harry. And yeah, now, like you said, it's like they didn't even have the half of it. No, like we, what we knew yesterday versus what we know today, it's insane. Like my brain can't handle it. So we're going to do our best to discuss it, but we're like still processing, right? Yeah. Now. So, okay. What's what, what is one thing that you learned in, in this interview that you didn't know yesterday? I'm going to probably stutter because I am having a stroke. I think there's two big bombshells. Okay. okay. The one is that Megan wanted to kill herself. Mm. that that's huge nobody knew that at all and the palace's reaction to that is horrifying so that's one so we can talk more about that and then i think the second one is that they they their pri or their security was taken away their titles were taken away all of that and it was a lot of titles weren't taken away their titles weren't taken away no they still have the titles Oh, what was taken away then? Their, their patronages and the Harry's military titles were taken away and their HRH was taken away, which is like, who cares? Oh, that's what I was thinking. HRH. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's not a title. That's just like. It's not the title. Their titles are Duke and Duchess of Sussex and HRH is like an honorific. Uh, okay. 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 So, okay. So <laughs> backtrack on that one. <laughs> Like I said, we are processing here right now in real time. Um, Okay. So I think the biggest thing was with that was that their secure, let's just go with security then. Their security was taken away at the same time as there were these conversations. Or no, I guess it wasn't the same time as the conversations, but it was an issue because of the conversations about their future child's skin color. I think so. This got all muddled together in a weird way. It was like, so they apparently there were conversations about what the baby's skin tone was going to be before they were even married. So that's wild. Okay. And the in the run up to the baby being born, those conversations, I guess, continued not in like a not in like a way where like we need to have a meeting and discuss the baby's skin tone, but just. I think it was probably just members of the royal family making offhanded comments like, oh, what do you think he's going to look like? And that and like straight up mentioning how dark his skin is going to be, which is obviously so freaking weird. So those conversations were going on at the same time as high level sort of strategic firm institution communications about is he going to have a title and is if he doesn't have a title, he's not entitled to security for his entire life. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. So those two things, they sort of, they can get clumped together, but I think it was two separate things that are both obviously super messed up. So the thing about the titles is because Archie is a great grandson of the queen, he is not technically really entitled to being called a prince, but the moment that Prince Charles takes the throne, that is when Archie would have become a prince. And now based on, I mean, based on this interview, I don't think that's going to happen, but based on, <laughs> based on what they said, it seems that the people who work in the palaces also were like, no, we don't think we're going to give him the title. And this sort of dovetails with what we've been hearing for years, which is that Prince Charles wants to slim down the monarchy and have fewer people be a part of it. But the thing that's really annoying about that is like he's not going to be able to retroactively take prince andrew and princess beatrice and princess eugenie and the gazillion royals that live in kensington palace he's not going to take any of their titles away so now you just sort of see archie getting the short 
shrift Mm -hmm. just to serve this purpose of like, oh, we don't want to be draining too much money into this monarchy and we don't want to be seen to be a public expense that's too extreme. But it just comes across as our only biracial member of our family is not going to be a prince. Yeah, like they need to think about that and think of how that's going to look and what people are going to take out of that. Right. And also the the conversation about who pays for security is so confusing to me because the Queen and Prince Charles, they each have a hereditary land empire that they only own by virtue of the fact that they are in the royal family. And hundreds of years ago, I th- think it was in the 1300s, whoever was the king at that at that time declared all this land is ours and we will own it for the rest of eternity which is so unfair. It's like a holdover from feudalism. It's literally from medieval times. And now it's worth billions of pounds a year. And why can't that money pay for their security? Why can't that money pay for their security? I don't know. There's no reason. It makes no sense. And the reason why Princess Diana passed away is, yes, partially because she was being chased by the paparazzi, but also because she was in a car with a drunk driver Because the royal family threw her to the wolves and didn't pay for security or anything for her after she left. So it's like, truly, how do you not see this? Like, Archie should have security for life. Meghan and Harry should have drivers for life. And these people have more than enough money to pay for that. And it it doesn't need to have anything to do with taxpayers. And to Harry, it's kind of like an F you because it's like, okay, we took away your mom's security and she passed away. So we're going to take away your security. If I'm Harry, I'm going, oh, okay. So they're fine if the same thing happens to me and my family. Right. That was really like, of course, all the time you have you would hear people say, oh, history's repeating itself and everything. And the racism she's facing makes it worse. But also at the same time, she's not being stalked by the paparazzi at the same level that Diana was. So it's not really history repeating itself. It is just as bad, if not worse, but slightly different, taking on a different form. But now watching them sit down and talk through it and seeing Harry talk about it, you're like, okay, this is all to do with his mom. Every action that he has taken in the last three years has been, you guys took my mom from me. And when I say you guys, I don't mean just the royal family, I mean culture society, Mm -hmm. the press, the whole apparatus that surrounds his life took his mother from him. And he's saying, you're not taking my wife from me. And I don't know, it's just that that just really sunk in for me watching the interview. Yeah, because it's like he said, it's like he's watching it happen. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Just just watch it happen and let it happen again? No, you have to. And he's not going to be the king one day. So I can really understand why he's like, how is this worth it to me to stick around and put up with this? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the revelation that things really got bad for them? So let's talk the timeline. When I first moved to the UK, it was right after the royal wedding. And I remember I would be walking to, I was in a grad school program getting my master's degree and I would walk to the train every day and I would see the Metro newspaper every day. And there would be a beautiful photo of Megan on the cover every day with a beautiful glowing headline about how amazing she was and i was like this is great this is going really well they had some hiccups in the beginning where people were saying annoying things about her and saying nasty things about her that was unwarranted but now it seems like everything's going well then it turned and that was when the tiara story came out which i still don't even understand and that was when the story that Megan made Kate cry came out and it never the genie was out of the box and they were never nice to her again after that so that was when the press turned on her Harry and Megan say that the family turned on them when they went on the tour to Australia because Mm -hmm. Megan was so good on that tour and she performed so well and I think that is the big unspoken issue that the British establishment, and I'm obviously not talking about all British people because most British people that I talk to are on Meghan and Harry's side, but I don't talk to that many British people, but still. <laughs> <laughs> the What was I saying? Oh, the British establishment and all those people, the thing that they're angry about is that Meghan and Harry would not sit down and shut up and be the seventh in line and his wife. And I think that 
is what they're talking about happened in Australia. And they were just, they shine brighter than the rest of them. It probably would have faded eventually whenever the next new shiny royal person came along. But I think that was a really big crux of the problem. But that's crazy because then when you put it that way, okay, so then they tried to step down and they weren't allowed to, or not step down because they don't want to say, or they don't want to say step back, but they tried to not be senior royals because as you say, that to them was what was threatening the rest of the family. So they tried to step back and just do like the Eugenie and Beatrice kind of role is what it Mm -hmm. seems like they were trying to do. But then it was like, oh, no, you're not allowed here at all. What I'm also thinking when you say there's a specific moment that the press turned on them, I wonder if that did coincide with when all the Andrew rumors started coming up. Because I really think there is some kind of connection with them trying to like make her the scapegoat so that he didn't get as much bad press. Mm -hmm. It also could be as simple as like Harry even said, you know, I understand why my family doesn't speak out against the tabloids because they're nervous that the tabloids will turn on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really all it is. I don't even think it's really that much of a concerted effort to bury one story and boost another one. But I do think it's this passive throwing to the wolves of Harry and Meghan. And they're like, well, we didn't do anything when Kate was going through it. We didn't do anything when Fergie was going through it. We didn't do anything when Diana was going through it. So you just have to sit down and shut up. And that's what they don't want to do. And that's what gets people so pressed about them. The Mm -hmm. fact that they're like, no, we're not doing, we're not sitting there and we're not taking it. Like Kate has taken it. She had messed up things. And Megan said it wasn't racist. It was rude. The things they said about Kate. It's different. It's not the same thing, but she did get really a beating in the media and she didn't say a single thing. She just took it and took it and took it until they tired themselves out. And now she's like the golden girl of the country. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so that's one way to do it. But you can't get mad that someone doesn't want to do that. And it's so crazy that that's what we expect as a society for a woman who's being raked over the coals to just happily take it and like look like a Barbie doll. Yeah. And Megan even tried to do that because she spent that like four months. She only left the house twice in four months and she was still in the papers all the time. And like four months, that's a long time. Like, I think she probably felt like, okay, it's not going to work for me the same way it worked for Kate. I, they're still going to beat me up even when I'm silent, which I think, I think it would have gone away eventually. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have ever gone away because it really took on like this life of its own, the way that they were writing about her. But yeah, I mean, why why do they need to be silent? And why couldn't someone else in the family just stand up for them? Like, I know they're saying like, the queen's always been so sweet to me and so nice and she's so welcoming. And I'm sure that's really true. But also she has the power to stand up and just put her arm around you or commission a statement or something. And she doesn't. Yeah. That's what when people are like, oh, I'm so relieved that they said they're still close with the queen. And it's like they have to say that like they can't say anything against the queen. The entire country will then revolt against them. So it's there's no option that they're going to say that. Like Diana said that in her big interview with Martin Bashir. She said, oh, yeah, I love the queen, everything, blah, blah, blah. Like I, they didn't have a great relationship in real life. You know, it's just what you have to say. So I would caution anyone against thinking that the queen is just some helpless old grandma who did her best. Yeah, she did not do her best. Yeah, she didn't do anything. She's done her best for Andrew. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. So what do you think is the truth about the who made who cry situation? Because I was watching, so I've been watching the British TV shows all day, and they're all, like, foaming at the mouth. It's amazing. And the interview didn't even air here yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it airs at 9 p.m. here. And then Oprah's been, like, drip-feeding new stuff all day. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, like, do yoga or something. And I don't have time because too much deets are coming out. But so on the TV this morning, the woman, what is her name? Tomini, it's like Camilla Tomini or something. She is the woman who broke the story like two years ago that Megan allegedly made Kate cry. And she was on the news this morning 
And she was like, the, the palace never, ever reached out to correct my story. Wow. So that is crazy because... I've just never heard of, you know, in all my years of doing journalism, if you publish something that is the tiniest little bit inaccurate, PR is on the phone to you in three seconds. Like, yeah, you didn't even tell them the story's up yet. And they're already sent you an email saying, oh, you spelled this word, this person's name wrong. Or like, oh, this person's not vice president. They're president of the company. Some like tiny little things. So this huge of a story that basically tanked her reputation immediately. It truly was the beginning of the end for the palace to not say anything just makes absolutely no sense. I know. Have it. Didn't they speak up when there was Botox rumors about Kate and say that she didn't get yes. done on her face? Yes. So how can you speak up about that and not about this other story? That's like the reverse of what happened. It's that's yeah. I can see why that was the beginning of the end. Cause it like, and I, and I, kind of what I think Megan handled it really in a classy way in the interview. And she was like, she already apologized. So I'm not going to go into the story. Like she was really just trying to set the record straight. What I wish she also said was like, like, did Kate really like make her cry? Or was it like the straw that broke the camel's back? Because also her father was in the hospital. She was about to get married, like this whole thing. You know, she could have said like, there was a lot going on. The thing that Kate said set me off. But, yeah, that's what it sounded like. Like it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, like if that was her on a good day and her like living her best life and Kate was like, the flower girls need to wear tights or whatever the heck it was about, she might have been like, okay with it. But but anyway, I, it's just really weird. It's very murky. And I don't understand. Who doesn't cry when they're planning a wedding at least once? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure when we were planning your wedding, I probably cried from stress at one point and you definitely did too. Yeah, definitely. And it's not because we, like, anyone was making us cry. It's because it's freaking stressful. Yeah. And, like, the fact that it was, like, weaponized against them, especially against Megan, because it's, like, a stereotype about Black women, that they're aggressive and everything. And what white women weaponizing their tears against Black people is something that we should all be very aware is a real phenomenon. And yep. it's not cool. And I think at least hopefully now with the protests last summer and the more the more that people have been talking about things like that, maybe we're getting a little bit more of an awareness around it. But at the time for that to come out, for it to come out that, oh, Megan made poor Kate Middleton cry, like that is just... It's and just she's terrible. not just any white woman either. She's like the darling of the country, like you said. Mm -hmm. Now everybody looks up to her and she's held in great regard. So it's also like, she seems like a very strong person. We always see her out like smiling and everything. So like, Oh, poor Kate, she's crying. Like, why did Megan have to be such a such a bridezilla? Like, it's it's even worse because we love Kate so much. So yeah. Yeah. It just reinforces a really, really terrible narrative for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's also right what Megan said. Like, she was like, I don't know that Kate didn't try to get this taken out of the press. She's like, she probably tried to get it taken out too, and also was turned down by the institution and said, No, you're not allowed to. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's interesting. Yeah, which was a good point. And it was like, you know, thinking from her side of things. But then I, but then later, Oprah asks, so was that moment between you and Kate real at Wimbledon? And like, how is your relationship? And I think she kind of like skirted it because I think I don't think they probably have a ton of beef, but I think they probably never recovered after that. I mean, they didn't have like the strongest foundation before that, I would assume. Kate's really yeah, remember busy. when they were remember when they were in Commonwealth Day last year and Kate and William wouldn't even say hi to Meghan and Harry? Yes. That's ridiculous. That's like so it's just like so rude. Like, yeah, it's so rude and immature. It's supposed to be about etiquette and politeness and good manners and that's what British people will do though. They'll just freeze you out. Like Prince Charles yes doesn't take his kids calls anymore i'm sorry this guy this royal expert was on tv earlier and he was like oh you know a son not take a, a father not taking his son's calls because they're in an argument we've all been there i was like have we yeah what kind of parent doesn't take their kids calls unless their kid like murdered someone right that's not a normal 
thing. That's not normal. While at the same time taking away their security and dropping them, like, and I forget what I was going to say. It's so ridiculous that uh, Tyler Perry had to provide their security. Yeah. The amount of money, like I said before, that the royal family has to its name coming in on a daily basis and... Tyler Perry was using Medea royalties to fund their friggin' security. I'm sorry. What? It's insane. But you know what it is? It's probably because of the look of funding their security. It looks like it's coming from the taxpayers. And it is. But that otherwise, what are they spending that wealth on? Like, right. Crazy. I don't know why there's not a riot in the streets every day here about the royal family's finances. It will never cease to amaze me that we're just like, okay, they own like, you know, a third of the land in the country. They own the mining rights. They own all this stuff because they've owned it since the 1300s. We pretend that that's a private wealth empire. We pretend that it has nothing to do with them being monarchs and just deciding one day that they owned it all. And we're like, okay, yeah, you guys can wear head to toe, Oscar de la Renta. You earned it. Like, wow. It's almost like that anger has been misplaced towards Megan. Mm-hmm. Like it's That's- deep down in there somewhere, but you can't say it. So instead you target someone else. Yeah. Did you see Bethany Frankel's tweet yesterday? Yeah. She is, I'm like, clearly you haven't been following this at all. And you just jump in and put your two cents in. Really did not age well once you watched the interview. I know. And she like apologized. She tweeted like, oh, I watched it. They're so courageous, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Bethany, she sucks. I've been watching her old show Mm -hmm. um, because it's on Hey You here, which is the reality TV network that it's like $3 a month. And it's every single reality show from bravo and e it's amazing and like half of mtv shows and the simple life so i've been watching her show and she has so many cringe moments where she's just being a monster to the people around her treating people like crap saying really offensive things thinking that she's adorable for saying these offensive things and and like her whole career on real housewives was like being a victim and crying about everything she cried about her divorce on tv repeatedly for like five years and then she goes on twitter and is like oh cry me a river she literally said cry me a river and she was like these people have like all the privileges in the world blah 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 and i do get where that mindset comes from i really do like i have a really low tolerance for celebrities complaining about how hard it is to be a celebrity because guess what it's way harder to be like a coal miner but (laughs) but i feel like with this Oprah interview, we did not hear from them. We've had so many people tell their story for them without them telling it flat out. And this is the first time they actually told it. And it honestly didn't feel whiny or complainy at all. No. And it, it, it felt like they were just doing, they were just saying the bare minimum so that they could like, you know, relieve themselves of the bigotry and the hatred that's been cast at them but it didn't feel like they were going out of their way to make anyone look bad like i was thinking earlier i was like i wish that we got more of the day-to-day into the lives of the royals like i kind of wanted to hear what christmas was like and stuff like that but then i was like but that wasn't they wouldn't have done that because that's kind of a breach of privacy like they really were just they were just addressing the things that were said about them and made and made their lives more difficult that was that has been one of the most infuriating things that British people say all the time over here is, oh, they want privacy so badly. Why are they doing X, Y, Z? And it's like, first of all, they never said they wanted privacy. Those words never left their mouths ever. Like we all assumed that was what they wanted. No, they want to be famous. They want to be global jet setting do-gooders. That's their goal. They want to be Barack and Michelle Obama. They want to be Angelina Jolie. Like, that's the career path. They don't want to be living in the middle of nowhere, like not interfacing with the public. They want to be famous and that's fine. They never said they wanted privacy. And even if they did, privacy is you choosing what you reveal and what you don't reveal. It's not just putting a wall up and never letting anybody in. It's so weird. Like there's this concept here in the UK and they even talk about it in the court system of invading your own privacy. 
And it's like, you can't invade your own privacy. That's an oxymoron. Your privacy is your privacy. There is no, there's no invading it. Yeah. You, it's the details about your life. You get to choose what you want to share or not. That's the point of privacy. Like I could hang from the top of Big Ben in a thong and I still have privacy. Like I would still, my crotch is still private. You know what I mean? Because I've got thong on. It doesn't mean that I no longer possess this thing called privacy. Yeah. That is wild. And I don't know, going back to the them complaining and all of that, like, I don't think we're going to hear them complaining in this new life in California where they have their own control over their lives. Like, I think they needed to talk about what happened when they were royals because it was a complete like violation but i don't think that they're going to be crying and talk and like being so upset like they both understand the privilege that they have to the point that it was bad for their mental health like harry saying like i was embarrassed to say that megan needed help and was feeling this way like i think he's very aware that like i'm not allowed to have emotions because i grew up a prince and that's mm. like what is crazy that comes with the royal family because obviously everyone has issues. They don't have money issues, but they but you still have like these crazy things happening. So yeah, to say that they're gonna that they're whining or complaining or anything is just like I don't think we're gonna continue to hear from them in a negative way. I think they needed to say this piece and clear their names and like move on. I would love to hear a little more still though. Yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) (laughs) Something else that I don't get, and I just want a monarchist to explain it to me, which I'm trying to find one to get. I'm going to try to do another episode tomorrow where I talk to British people about Mm -hmm. how they feel. And like I said, none of them are monarchists who I associate with. But I, I just want to hear from a monarchist. When they say things like, Harry said, William and Charles are trapped. When people say things like, oh, Kate can't respond. Charles can't respond. William can't respond. They're bound by this, this, and this. They can do whatever they want. But I think they really think they can't. But they're made they're made to believe they can't. And I think that's the difference that came along with Megan is like she had already lived like 37 or however many years on this planet with a voice being like, what do you mean I can't say this? Like, what do you yeah. what do you it never like made sense for her because she had grown up with freedom and a voice. And I think that Harry, like even during this interview, like he looked kind of uncomfortable. And I think I think he's like slowly coming out of this like kind of like culty situation i don't know who is telling them they can't say this or they can't say that but i think they really believe that they cannot yeah speak out and that's what i guess that's what megan and harry wanted to do they wanted to come up with a new way to do it and they just got pushed back at every step of the way and it's like okay if you're not going to try a new way to do it the way you do it doesn't have to be like saying you want to be someone's tampon it can be oh, hey, here's a statement about what actually happened about this news report that's wrong, you know? Yeah. There's a happy medium. (laughs) Yeah, or or you you could even just not even address the news report and just, like, go out in public with Megan and, like, be having a great time, which, I mean, they did do here and there, but, like, just not enough, I feel like. It was, like, a British great time. It was, like, quietly sitting at Wimbledon. Yeah, like, that didn't look, that didn't look fun. That's not fair to British people. It was, like, a posh British good time. I think I think that could have been a good time, but I don't I think they there it was awkward between them, so it wouldn't have been a good time. I could enjoy myself at Wimbledon. What? I could enjoy myself at Wimbledon, strawberries and I know, I know. It's just like when you look at it from the outside, like they looked like they were not having that great of a time. Like remember when Megan and Kate were all watching the polo match with all the kids? That was not a good time. They look like they never met before. They didn't even look in each other's direction once. Apparently, that was the first time the the Cambridge kids met Archie. They had never seen him before. Probably what? the last. Yeah. Like, what is that about? Yeah. You know what? Maybe it was William who said it. Why else would they be keeping that boy from his cousins? Yeah. 
I don't want to speculate on who said it, though. I don't think that's a cool thing to do. Obviously, we are all wondering. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. We're never going to know. We're never going to know. No. But I just feel like like the fact that William and Harry grew up so close and they seem to be sequestering Archie from William's children, what that it's something must have happened. Yeah, definitely. Because it still didn't sound good when Archie or Archie, when Harry addressed it last night, like he, like he said again, I'll always love my brother and blah, 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 but we're on different. Like it, it didn't sound like how I would talk about you in an interview. I know. Oh my God. So I can't believe that he was like, Oh, I don't know if my brother thinks that the royal family is toxic. Wait, he said that? I don't know if Will I think thinks. it I think it was one of the ones that just came out right before I called you cuz they've been drip feeding these other little clips. They had Megan talking about her dad and her sister, which was just same old same old. She says she doesn't she barely knows her sister. Her dad is kind of a dum-dum blah blah blah. And the there was a clip of Harry where Oprah's like, so you believe that the royal family was a toxic environment? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, do your brother and your dad believe it? And he's like, I don't know. And Oprah's like, if I was sitting here talking to them and I asked them, what do you think they would say? And Harry's like, oh, I don't know what my brother would say to that. And that is very damning. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things that like sort of accelerated the end of princess diana being in the royal family was in her martin bashir interview when she said i don't think charles should be king or something like that and that was like people were like oh my god that's treason or whatever so yeah for for harry to cast doubt on whether or not william even wants to be king and cast doubt on whether william wants to be part of the royal family is yeah that is the that's actually one of the craziest things that that he said in the interview. But do you think he thought he was casting shade or do you think he literally was like, I don't want to put words in his mouth in either way? I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that according to the Royal family, what he should have said would have been, of course he is happy to be part of the institution and considers oh. it his duty. Yeah. You know, like that's what it should be. That's what, yeah. like he's going to be a freaking king of a country. That's insane. It shouldn't be, there should be no ambivalence about that. Like Harry couldn't have said that having just said everything else he said and been like, of course my brother's so happy to be there. Yeah, but he could have said, you know, my brother hasn't had the exact same situation as me. He interprets things differently and he yeah. has thrived in this environment and he really likes it. Like that's what, if he was being truly diplomatic, yeah. he should have said, but he he really took the shady route. Yowza. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what Kate and Will and the rest of the family are doing right now. Oh, my God. They are definitely crapping their pants. Yeah, because the comment sections of all of their Instagrams are lit up. This it's- is the thing. What kind of amateurs are running the show over there? You, the biggest interview of the year, decade probably, bigger than even Prince Andrew not being able to sweat anymore, and you didn't turn off comments on your all of the Instagram accounts? Seriously. You just left it open season for everyone to be like, hey, Charles, why aren't you picking up William's calls anymore? Like, why? what? Yeah, they're really confused. Like, I mean, this whole thing is a total screw up because Harry and Meghan were such an asset. So, like, just to the point that they would let any of this happen has been a total failing on somebody's part. Pretty much everyone's part, it seems like. Yeah. I think what they would probably argue and what um, monarchists and royalists would argue is Meghan and Harry were meant to play third fiddle to, well, fourth fiddle, really, to the Queen, Prince Charles, and William. Mm -hmm. And they were eclipsing them, and they wanted to continue eclipsing them, and they wanted to do work that went beyond shaking hands and cutting ribbons and that is not appropriate for the royal family. And they should have just shut up and did that. So that would be like 
the argument from the pro-royal family type of person. Whereas people who don't really care about that, it's like, why couldn't you just let them do what they wanted to do and still be in it? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. The thing I just don't get, really, and I made a TikTok about this that now um, I'm just getting rinsed by British people. (laughs) Because all my TikToks are just trolling British people because it's so easy. They get so butthurt. I'm sorry. But so I I was saying, like, what is the difference between celebrities and royalty? Like, so many British people will be like, well, they're not celebrities. They're the royal family. And I'm like, no, like, they're celebrities. They're like, celebrities who, like, didn't have to work to become celebrities, really. Yeah, they're they're like reality stars. Like, why do we pretend? What are you pretending if you don't think that they're just really famous people? Oh, so do you do you believe that they're better than you? Is that what you're saying? Is that why they're not a celebrity? Because they actually are genuinely born better than the rest of us? They're not just people who happen to be famous? Yeah. Like, they don't have political power. They're not pol- – well, they that's debatable with recent stuff that's come out. But they're not politicians. And some politicians are celebrities. Barack Obama is a celebrity. Yeah. Bill Clinton was a celebrity. Yeah. So it's like, why are they not celebrities? And what is the point of royalty? That is like the real crux of it. It's like, why could Meghan and Harry not have been royal and explain when stories are wrong about them and maybe do a little Disney voice over here and there? Yeah, because it was different and it just can't be different ever. Like it just can't change and evolve at all, I guess. It's crazy. yeah, it just has to be the the way that it always has been. And it's just crazy. It's because like it really it really does like bring back the Diana years. Like you and I both have like read books about her and watched the documentaries and stuff like that. Like it really does feel like that. That's I think the craziest thing is just like didn't didn't anyone learn from that? Like you really didn't learn? You really just were like, okay, so she died. Close the book on that start over and do the exact same thing again. (laughs) Exactly. The only reason this didn't happen to Kate and the only reason the negative press about Kate stopped is because she sat down and took it. And it's like, okay, is that what you guys took away from the Diana thing? Is, okay, now we're only going to let in people who sit down and take a beating? Yeah. That was the the takeaway? Pretty much. That's really scary. Yeah. And also if I'm William and Kate too, like I'm worried about my kids and the people that they marry in the future. So true. If history is just going to keep repeating itself like this, like why, why would it be any different? You can only marry someone who's a mute. Yeah. Like that's it. Like the thing about why don't they just change the rules? Why are they quote unquote trapped? They they make up the rules like there have been so many movies and documentaries made about the days following Diana's death when the queen refused to fly the flag at half staff because that is supposed to be reserved only for like a reigning monarch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, the most famous woman in the world died, arguably because you guys left her out to dry. Uh, and you're just like, oh, well, on page 327 of the Monarch Handbook, it says we can't fly the flag at half mass, so everyone's just going to have to get over it. When the whole country, the whole world was mourning her, the whole country stopped. Like, she was the mother of the future king. Yeah. And who is that role helping? Who's it helping? Right. It's not helping the monarchy. It's hurting them. Well, I think they, they would think that it is upholding the status only the top people get this and that's what makes them the top people and that's what makes her a lower person but you know the world has progressed past that kind of a hierarchy so it just can't it's really hard to mesh that old tradition with the way that the world is going and like why do you need to cling to that old tradition why can archie not be a prince it's the same thing all over again. It's it's 2.0 of not wanting to fly the flag at half mast. Not giving that kid a title is the exact same thing. It's just yeah. the worst possible optics in the world. Okay, we only have one biracial child in this family and he's going to be the only one without a title. 
it's just no brainer that you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Why would it be that way? And then to just be like, oh, well, yeah, it's the rules. Okay. So change the rules. You're the royal family. Yeah. You're the ruler. That's the whole point. (laughs) It's in the name. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love the little weird things that, that pop out about Megan's personality. Like, She's a goofball. She's the so corny. Yes, she I, is like she's like the the little mermaid thing. I'm like, yes, it's a perfect metaphor, but it's so corny. But like yeah. <laughs> like that And she was saying it like, "Can you believe this? Can you believe how similar I am to the little mermaid?" Yeah. I think she's just like a corny like sweetheart, like kind of dorky, great person. I don't know, like yeah. Yeah. Just like a total cornball. Yeah. And like all of her, I don't know, like the drink hydrate and stuff like that. I don't know. It's cute. Yeah. It's really cute. I loved her outfit and her um eyeshadow and everything too. Yeah, she looks amazing. Amazing. Or eyeliner, not shadow. So I will admit that when she first hit the scene, um well, I liked her when she first hit the scene. Then during the engagement interview, when she said that she didn't know who Harry was and only asked if he was kind, I was like, are you joking? This cannot be. And it sort of made me look sideways at her a little bit because I was just like, come on. It's a like you you knew who he was. Yeah. And I remember you saying that. But and and I also think so we were talking about how she was saying she never Googled him or anything like that. But that is like the new version of I didn't know who he was like, but you did know who he was. So you didn't have to Google him, I think. Is- yeah. So she's maintaining still that she didn't know who he was. And she I, still I don't think she said it quite like that in this interview. I think she was like, yeah, of course, we knew who the royal family was. But like, I I never Googled him. I think that's what she said this time. Like, so I think. It's kind of like, okay, but did you watch a couple specials about his family on TV? Like, okay, you didn't Google him, but did you like read his mom's autobiography? Like, or not, she doesn't have an autobiography or she kind of does, but you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and she didn't like Oprah was telling her all these different headlines and she was like, oh my God, really? I had no idea. So the only, that's the only thing that I don't understand just because I physically don't understand how you don't see that stuff because I'm so immersed in it. So for me, it is so foreign to not only not see this wild amount of press that's flying at you from every angle, but it's about yourself. How do you miss it? So that's the one thing I still don't understand. And it doesn't matter, but I just want to, I want to understand the logistics of like, how does she not see this stuff? I think she may have decided at some point that it's not healthy and I'm going to stop looking at it. But yeah, I don't think before she got engaged that because she was not like the A-list celebrity in the States. There was there wouldn't have been enough bad news about her for her to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to look at anything back then. Yeah. But I think at some point she probably said, I'm not going to check this stuff out anymore because it's not worth like worthwhile to me. But yeah, I don't think from the beginning she was, like, not ever reading anything about herself. Not ever, like, no. I want to know what she does all day. Well. I would be reading my stories all day. I would have a Google alert on me. I already do. And it only happens once a week. And I would be reading every single thing. I would be memorizing it and reprinting it on the inside of my eyelids, analyzing every single word. So, But that's she so also is a very, like, self-care, positivity, yoga kind of cali person where if it started to get negative i think she would stop yeah i don't think you would yeah no i would be like (laughs) injected into my veins (laughs) i would hire an assistant to just read the stuff for me and like give me the positive stuff yeah that's what i want to know and we will probably never know i want to know like the logistics day to day who's reading what who's giving her the bulletin what is she learning about in the news every day and then how are they proceeding 
Do you know what I mean? About news, just about her, any news in general. Just everything all day. I just want to know what she does all day. I want to know who the staff is. I want to know what the staff is doing. It's never going to happen. There's never going to be like a documentary that shows that. Maybe there will, but I am so curious, you know? Yeah, I would have liked to hear more about the staff, all the staff's things too. And also that bullying rumor just came out about her like last week or something, which all again did not age well. Um, I wish that they could have addressed that, but obviously they didn't know it was going to come back up. Yeah, I loved Omid Scobie had a great tweet about it where he was like, can you it was right after she talked about her suicidal ideation and how the palace did absolutely nothing to help her and he said do you see now why the palace decided to suddenly pretend they have a crack human resources operation a week ago Mm -hmm. it's just so messed up it's so messed up that that was the route that they took they said oh she's gonna say that um, we didn't help her when she was literally at a risk of suicide. So we're going to, we're going to start investigating a claim from three years ago to make it look like we care about something. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. So crazy. What do you think? So they didn't talk about any of that workplace stuff. I never really cared about it before. I never was really one to believe that because I, uh, Br- British people are just different than us. So I always just chalked it up to like, you know, the the coverage back when that happened was like, oh, Megan sends emails at 5 a.m. And it's like, I've never had a boss who didn't send me emails at 5 a.m. So I don't exactly. know what why that's crazy. So what do you think about that? And why do you think Oprah didn't ask her about it? Or maybe she did and it's going to come out later today. I Yeah, I think she probably did because it only makes Megan, in my eyes, it only makes Megan look like a hard worker and a good, like, more the American values of like, oh, she gets up early at 5am and like sends emails. By the way, if someone sends you an email at 5am, you don't have to respond to them until you want to. That's why it's an email and not a phone call. Like, yeah, surprise. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I've always read those articles to like, look for it and make sure I'm not just being completely biased. But like, there's nothing to it. Like, that one said that, okay, she was emailing at 5am. That's, that's your boss. That should be allowed unless mm-hmm. there's something about your boss that makes you think that they don't have the right to email you at 5 a.m. because mm-hmm. of something, things that you think. And then the other thing was like she drove them out of the of Frogmore Castle or the palace or wherever they were. She drove them out and, and oh, harmed their confidence or something. Yeah, what does that I'm mean? I'm like, what are these? Because yeah. if I took these to HR, they wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's very mealy-mouthed and silly, and it's funny because now all of the talking heads on British TV today were like, oh, they need to be more specific. Who said the thing about the baby's skin tone? Who said this? Who said that? They need to name names, and it's like, hold them to the same standard as the... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. (laughs) 